You've just been wandering along, minding your own business, feeling quite good, maybe enjoying yourself. And then suddenly you get this negative thought that just pops out of nowhere. And not only that, it begins to suck you in to a negative story loop, which then triggers all sorts of emotions and behaviors. It can feel deeply frustrating because you've got no idea why this has happened or where it's coming from. It can make you feel like you're going a little bit mad. You know, I recently saw a friend post from their beautiful holiday, they're halfway around the world, and they've got a few days left. And instead of enjoying the rest of their holiday in the bright blue sun, beautiful white golden sands, their mind has created a story about how their return to the UK is going to be long, they're going to get here and it's cold, it's going to be miserable, but it is minus four today. Uh, But it's not that miserable. I mean, I enjoyed a beautiful run this morning, but their mind has come up with this story, which has given them the holiday blues already. They should have just come back early if that's the case, instead of just spending the rest of their holiday in a beautiful location, just sat there moaning and worrying about their return. But do you know what? Pretty normal. And that's the mind for you. So welcome. I'm Paul Shepard, your mindset coach, your mentor, your host. And today we're kind of carrying on from last week's theme around negative thoughts and being addicted to our thinking. And I think this is a great episode to add to that, to begin to help break you free from how hypnotic and trance-like and how addictive the mind can feel in pulling you into believing stories that are simply not true. But you know what? You'll believe them anyway. If this sounds like you, then uh, I would subscribe to this podcast. I mean, I'm a little bit biased, of course, but subscribe so you don't miss out on another episode coming your way. I've got some fantastic stuff. And this year is all about transformation and mindset change does what it says on the tin. So make sure you get a notification when a new episode arrives so you can listen and explore this content to see what difference it would make in your life. So why does the mind do this? Why is it hell-bent on torturing you? Well, it has been conditioned this way. It's been conditioned into seeking conflict, looking for problems, looking for things for you to solve, looking for a way to keep you distracted and engaged with your thinking. Because the truth of who you are and what you are capable of is hidden. Hidden by your noisy mind. And it takes work to uncover your potential and where that could take you in life. If you think about it, the only thing holding you back from really experiencing the life that you truly want is, well, i say only one thing, uh, two things maybe. One is a thought, a thought that's simply not true, based on beliefs that are not true. And then it's fear. On the other side of fear is everything you want. But fear comes in a form of not just thoughts, but also emotions and feelings. And these can put an instant roadblock in your way and prevent you beginning to move forward. So the mind often doesn't want you to go to the truth because it's been conditioned into maybe not feeling good enough that you can't handle failure, that you shouldn't take a risk. So, and there's all sorts of other nuances to this, by the way, it does get a bit complicated, but it can be unpicked. That's what coaching and therapy, journaling, meditation, 
all sorts of modalities can help you with. You can't do this all by yourself, to be fair. Uh, not that it's not impossible, but it does make it a bit more difficult, which I guess is the mind, again, tricking people into doing this in isolation. And just as a reference point, the ego, self-identity, beliefs, your identity, is a moving part of you. It's not a solid thing. It's like a verb. It's just something that's constantly in motion and changing from experiences, your environment, new beliefs, thoughts, etc. And it's also known as your thinking mind. So I may use the word mind and ego in a variety of different ways, but they are referring to the same thing. And we're beginning to move towards the end of January. And a lot of you listening to this may have had struggles with New Year's resolutions, new starts to your new year. And the culprit will always be your ego and the way that it's tricked you with various thoughts and feelings into creating a struggle with whatever you wanted to make a change with. And it often does that with negative thoughts. So quite naturally, people will say to me, Paul, you're right. I shouldn't be having negative thoughts. I shouldn't be engaging in negative thoughts. And I should just get rid of my negative thoughts. But here's a contradiction that I have to confess to. I shouldn't be really saying the word negative thought or negative emotions. But unfortunately, the limitations in language, and maybe you've got a different suggestion, I was thinking of challenging thoughts, challenging feelings, but I don't think people would be able to relate to that as easily as me saying a negative thought or feeling or emotion. And the thing is, we know that thoughts can be very creative in creating all sorts of dark, intrusive thoughts, or they feel that way, that can trigger shock and a feeling of overwhelm, which can feel too strong to deal with. But the truth is this, no thought is negative. Any thought that you have isn't the problem. It's your perception of it and your relationship to that thought that turns it into something else. And by believing you have good And bad thoughts, this creates beautifully division, polarity, binary choice. And this means you'll try to have one type of thought more than the other. And you'll keep testing yourself on it, comparing yourself on it, maybe even writing down in a journal, today was a good day, I had more positive thoughts and I had less negative thoughts which of course is natural because you just want to feel good while your ego does anyway. But this binary choice is just another crafty trick of the ego which wants to create conflict. And I fell for this hook, line and sinker. God, I would try to smash negative thoughts with an internal hammer to try and have much more in the way of positive ones. And it was a toxic game of whack-a-mole That just made things worse. So I'm going to use the word negative in context here to create a starting point where you can eventually see, hopefully, there's a good goal, to see all thoughts just as thoughts. I mean, we have over 70,000 of them a day, apparently. I'm not sure how they measure these things, but I'm always impressed by that. But 70,000 thoughts a day, why not just let them come and go? And then if there's a thought that you need or would like to work with, because it's helpful for you, then zone in on it and do something with it. It will will form an action. But the moment you begin to see any thought as negative, as wrong, you shouldn't have it, why is it here, judgment, 
then you will send a signal to the mind to show you more of them. I mean, if you tried not to think of a pink elephant, boom. What type of pink elephant did you think of, by the way? Mine is always like a little mini Dumbo from the Disney films. Very odd. What did you get? Um, But still, I tried not to think of a pink elephant and it just appears. Of course it does. So the minute you try to have a relationship with a negative thought, which is negative, uh, the more you're going to get them. What we resist persists. And let's add to that, that the mind can get very creative and knowing what will trigger you based on what your values are, based on what you never, ever want to happen. And I know that all too well when I had my first intrusive thought experience. So there I was, sat with a friend, beautiful white room, holding cups of coffee. And out of nowhere, my mind went, what if you threw this cup of coffee in her face? And I mean, I was so shocked. Where did this thought come from? I felt completely normal. I love this person. Why would I want to do that? So of course, there was this internal struggle with this thought, trying to push it out of my mind. I can't have this thought. And it came with a surge of adrenaline, which my mind latched onto with the idea, well, you could do that then. Could you feel that? You might do it. So I remember putting the coffee cup down, deep breathing a little bit, thinking, what the hell is going on? And of course, because I do nothing about um, thoughts the way I do now, I didn't know it was completely normal. I thought I was going mad. I thought maybe I was a psychopath. So I did everything I could not to have that thought. I judged it as negative, an intrusive thought. And of course, it just came back. And it just kept repeating, even with glasses of water. And it only began to die when I finally found out that it was completely normal. And as soon as I began to see that thought for what it was, it dissipated and I rarely had it ever again. But with my value, with a deep value inside of me of being nonviolent and also a fear of rejection, this type of thought was absolutely perfect in triggering a strong emotional response. Now, have you ever had an intrusive thought? A thought that seems so horrific to you that you question your sanity. If so, and you're still having them, know that they are completely normal. If you really wanted to do those acts, that's another story. But if you're worried about this ever happening, understandable. But it also means that you're not likely to let this happen. It goes against your values, which are being used against you. So I'd like you for a moment to think of a beautiful blue sky, completely clear. Would you moan that you could now see the sun, beautiful golden sun, but would you think "Ah, that shouldn't be there? Nope, I don't want to see that. Thank you very much. And what's that plane doing? Where's that plane come from? Oh, I was just enjoying that beautiful blue sky. Now I've got a plane to look at, the sun and birds. Come on now. This is ridiculous. I don't want to see the birds. Oh, of course, there's going to be clouds. If you're thinking, have I lost the plot? Uh, I love this analogy. Uh, I got this from uh, Ajashanti, who was talking about this in one of his books. I'm not sure which one it was, to be fair. But it does talk about the analogy of a beautiful blue sky and how this can be like our mind. You know, our mind can feel very clear and we want it to be positive, like the blue sky. But of course, the blue sky is always going to have things drifting across it. 
There's not going to be birds. There's going to be a plane. There's going to be clouds. Going to be the sun in various, you know, stages, and that's often what we can overfocus on. And we we try to ignore them, or we try to get rid of those things. We're just going to see them even more, aren't we? We can't have a perfectly blue sky all the time. There are going to be moments where something is drifting across, and in a way, that's like our thoughts. The thoughts that appear inside your mind are just thoughts. They will just come and go. Nothing is permanent. That is the beauty of impermanence. No matter what you're experiencing, thinking, feeling, seeing, it won't last long, no matter how it feels. So when you accept the thoughts appearing in your mind as you would a cloud and just let it drift on by, no matter what it says, no matter if it looks a little bit darker or whiter or wispier than other clouds, trying to get your attention, you can just be aware that it's just a thought and probably irrelevant. Has nothing to do with the present moment is an irrelevant thought. And sometimes just being aware of that irrelevancy creates a non-attachment, a boredom, and you can begin to bring your attention back to the only moment that matters. And that's right here, right now. But the mind has other tricks, as I discovered. When I was um, dealing with my travel anxiety, the way that my mind tricked me into having a real issue with my thoughts was to use an evolutionary process we evolved to really trigger and dysregulate the nervous system into that flight or fight response. And that is to make thoughts appear really large and really close, really loud, colorful, vivid in front of you. And most people don't even recognize this is even happening. It's so unconscious, but quite obvious when you begin to point it out to some people. So when I thought about traveling, my fear was it came from travel sickness, first of all, was being ill. And I'd have these strong, big images of people, imaginary people, just judging me, looking disgusted, and then me looking embarrassed and ashamed, powerless, not knowing what to do. And that would often stop me traveling altogether. I just wouldn't go. And what we can do with those thoughts is begin to work with them a little to train how the subconscious mind is projecting them. Because they're projected into almost like a visual field in front of you. If you think of something that is worrying you and you're quite a visual person, just note how the image might appear quite close. And you can do a simple ABC approach with this. You can begin to just accept the thought, allow it just to be there. Breathe into it to slow and low down to the belly to tell the nervous system you're safe. And you can then begin to choose. So A, B, C, accept, B, breathe, C, choose. You can just begin to choose to just label it just a thought. And then gently begin to move the thought very gently away from you. If you do it too fast, you're creating a problem. But if you move it just away from you, so you get some room and some space between you and the thought, you're training the mind to reduce the importance of the thought. And the more you begin to shrink the thought, you can even begin to lower the thought towards the floor. Again, we're telling the subconscious mind that actually we don't have a problem with this thought. We're going to reduce its importance right now. And the more you do that, eventually that thought will feel just like a cloud. It will just begin to drift on by and not be something that you notice so often. So yes, we can with most thoughts, just let them go. But some thoughts are going to pull that evolutionary trick and appear very close to you, uh, which can feel terrifying, especially with intrusive thoughts. But you can begin to, with some breath work, calm down your nervous system and begin to move the thought away from you. 
And when your nervous system is in a calmer place, a more regulated place, it's easier to see thoughts for as they actually are, just thoughts, not even telling the truth. Because any thought that is mind reading, fortune telling, catastrophizing, blowing up the negative instead of focusing on any positives are lies. And we have to recognize that. If we don't recognize it and we treat the thought as reality, then we're being pulled into a lie and we'll live out that lie. And it's painful, as you know. So when it comes to stopping negative thoughts, you can't. You're going to have them for the rest of your life. So why not change your relationship with them? Why not just let them be there? Reduce in size and importance the ones which are overwhelming. And then focus your attention on more important things, like exploring the truth of who you are and what you are capable of. No more lying. No more holding yourself back from creating the life that you truly want based on lies. They're protective lies, of course, but they are still lies nonetheless. So I hope this episode has helped you think about thoughts in a slightly different way. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about thoughts and how we can use them in a way which is known as toxic positivity. So please keep an eye out for that. It is a very important episode, especially if you want to really end your addiction to your thinking and unhelpful thinking, the thinking that is holding you back. Thank you so much for spending your time and energy with me. I hope you found this episode useful. If you did, uh, please let me know. Uh, You can let me know via each episode on Spotify and hundreds of you have. And it's wonderful to read your comments. Unfortunately, I can't respond via Spotify, but please continue to let me know what you think of each episode when you uh, listen to it. And if you can, please share, please subscribe if you haven't already, and do leave me a review on Apple Reviews. That's how the algorithm will pick the show up and recommend it to even more people. Beautiful. I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Have a wonderful, peaceful, and present day. 